welcome and thank you for joining us for the final episode of Casual Master Quest. This is episode 108. Um, uh, it's, yay! Uh, yay! Uh, I am your host for the episode. My name is Nick, uh, also known as LR11, and I'm joined by uh, Glenn. Hello. Glenn Huston. Huston, that's me. Hi, Huston. How are you? <laughs> Mr. Huston. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for asking. Cool. Um, so today's episode is going to be a um, maybe more a lightweight version of what we usually do. We've stripped back a lot of the things you'll find out. I mean, you'll see we're not we're not going to do uh, video game releases. We're not going to do the same gaming, but we are going to talk a little bit about what's been going on with ourselves, what we've been playing. And then um, we're going to be discussing what's happening with Casual Master Quest. Mm-hmm. So before we get into some of those details, Glenn, how's your week been? It's been good. Um, a little stressful at times. Uh, we, you know, trying to deal with uh, the moving situation because uh, we're excited to do it. But, you know, there was some some drama with the roomie just because we didn't do a very good job of communicating um, right early enough in the process. And uh, but we, we talked and we kind of hashed things out and think we're in a good place. I was like worried. It was one of those things like you piss your friends off every once in a while. It's fine. But like, I was scared that I was going to lose a friend, you know, that, yeah, I thought it was that bad, but I overreacted as I tend to do and, uh, things are fine. So, uh, yeah. Also, I was able to, um, lock down a couple very important things for me because one thing I like to do is collect certain things, certain things, uh, like, old action figures i really love like i've got an april o'neill ninja turtle action figure inside the box still i've got one of the original mighty morphin power rangers the ones that had like the head flip things in the box you know like so i even have my original ninja turtle action figures that i played with as a four or five year old child so like i have master splinter i've got casey jones you know and like i like to collect comics um and magic the gathering cards and dungeons and dragons books because i think dungeons and dragons yeah and not just dnd books just dnd memorabilia so like i have right the tops trading card set from 1992 uh i have the atari video game <laughs> or sorry in television it was the intellivision right, dnd game right. um but recently and i've, I've got them i'm going to show them to you what i got i got uh Art and Arcana, which is a visual history of the uh, the of Dungeons and Dragons. It's just a book nice. full of stuff. But I got the alternate art version off of a guy on uh, Let Go, I think, for fifty bucks, and it usually retails about one twenty five. He was Oof, just like, "That's a good deal, though." Yeah, he's a producer and like a writer, and he was like, "I got it because it's got a lot of great reference work for fantasy materials." And then somebody bought it for me as a book because they had, or as a gift because they had heard me talking about it. So I don't need it. You know, and he was like, here you go. You know, and then I was able to get it with an, all the original stuff in tech. Oh, oh, yeah. It's in the wrapping paper. Like it's in the sealed uh, wrap, uh, which it will not come out of. OK, uh, so so from so from what I understand, then he bought one for himself and then somebody gifted him one. And so it's the gifted one that he was selling. Yeah, he was selling the gifted okay. one because he just didn't need it. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's right. not even a fan of D&D. He just. 
it's just a really great reference book because the Th- those are the great people to buy shit from because yeah. they don't understand the value yeah, of, of yeah but i mean they're still like uh, not to say like you scam them or no. like it's just a good deal yeah right because we both th- that's what they feeling think it's like worth, we won. right yeah yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like they made what they wanted yeah. and you're like, is this a good deal? And I'm going to walk away this night. Nice. To be fair, it was a little overproduced. They made a, f- a few too many because I got the alternate art one. Okay. Um, and so it retailed for 125. I think you can buy it on Amazon or eBay for about 80 or 90. So, okay. It's still a deal, but like whatever. And then I also got the Mythic Odysseys of Theros alt art book. Nice. And I'm going to show them to you real fast because they're beautiful. <laughs> nice. Um, and so while Glenn runs off to to get uh, the books okay. to show me here, because oh, my headphones um, back on. Uh, so, because uh, unfortunately we're not streaming this one, so Glenn is about to show me what they are. But I will say before he does, uh, I've mentioned this before. It's unfortunate that I got so late into the game into D and D because I love 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 books and it's not i'm not even to the point where i i'm i want the alternative art as much as they look cool there's just that they're expensive but i would love to have at least one of every source material yeah so that when i'm running games <laughs> and like teaching people and like helping people learn like i can go through them and shit like that but anyways well, Glenn, why don't honestly, you uh, that's, that's the goal for me eventually i'm gonna get all the alt arts and then wrap them up and then i'm going to get a D beyond copy uh, a copy of the books uh, digitally so that I can use those wherever and then have the collector's editions to set up on a shelf so they can look pretty, basically. Right. Um, but right. yeah, this is Art and Arcana. It's beautiful matte black with gold filigree, basically. Um, and I found out... And is that, that's like a fucking dragon, right? Because oh, it's Dungeons huge. And dragons. And it's huge, too. Look how that's thick massive. this thing is. Yeah, like, this is a normal book. And this is... So it's it's probably a solid two or three inches wider on every side. But the Theros That's book, crazy. dude, it might be my favorite alt art book that they've come out with yet. <laughs> That's Tiamat, isn't it? It's a it's a Hydra. Oh, it's a Hydra. Never mind. But you see how it's foil? Because Tiamat's got the different colored heads. That is foil. That's like a, uh, that's like a, like a rare, ultra rare Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah, <laughs> Magic the Gathering or something. You know, it's like yeah. a, it's like a, it's like a space I Hydra. I love the space theme. Yeah. Fighting like a Roman guy on a broken column in space saw, with a god watching them. It's insane. I saw a tiefling at first, like a, some sort of tiefling, like god. Uh yeah, it's got big horns. I don't know what it is, though. It's Mythic Odysseys of Theros. I I know that Theros is a world that exists purely in the Magic the Gathering place, but since Wizards owns it, it, se- it seems logical to try and say, oh, you love Magic the Gathering? Right. Have you ever tried 5th Edition, where you can roleplay as your own hero in that universe? It's kind of genius, but also, did you ever watch Dragon Prince, that show on Netflix? No. Okay, apparently it's it's a really well-liked show, but the the setting is called Zadia. And the people that enjoyed it are also generally tabletop fans. Okay. And they called for, like, there was a, a big calling in the community for somebody to make a setting book f- with the 5e rules. And it's coming out within the next year, I think. It's already in nice. the works. Yeah. So I love the idea that they can, that wizards and other people you know, or Wizards specifically with 5th edition can basically just try and adapt, you know, and get the rights to any 
you know, big, well-liked setting to try and bring people into the fold. Because I think that's an amazing tactic, both financially and to get people into tabletop to understand the magic that is tabletop right. gaming. Um, but yeah, no, I'm that. Those were the last two books I needed, though, dude. I have nice <laughs> every single, including the Volos that came out like in 2015, because they started releasing them when I worked at a comic book store. So I was able to get my because back then, even a big store in Burbank, like we had. Like, not a big store, but a decent, well-known store. We were only able to get about 10 copies of every alt art. And now they're much more produced because why did you not think that the community, the members of these nerdy communities were going to want exclusive collectibles? Come on, man. Of course they will. <laughs> so, right. But now they overproduce them, so they're not as rare or anything like that. But Yeah, and then like going back else. to, um, you know, adapting 5th edition to, like, other worlds and franchises uh, i was showing you i don't know how much you looked into it but there's the destiny yeah it looks and dope. it looks it looks legit like it looks like um you know somebody from wizards of the coast was like all right this is how you'd adapt all the like the damage die and the rulings and stuff and so like i'd really like to at some point um not necessarily like i'd like to organize a destiny D campaign because we have so much of lore within the game in and of itself I mean, yeah. Volunteer. Like, I, no, First you're not. One. You're not invited, Glenn. <laughs> I mean, I again, um, if you want to put new faces in things, I yeah, totally just, understand. Yeah, it's it's all about that turnover, man. New customers, new faces, <laughs> fresh blood. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's just it's 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 also amazing the amount of power that D and D has given to homebrew, mm -hmm. and the fact that specifically you know, fifth edition, they actively, I think. Yeah, and the fact that they actively support homebrew as well. Maybe not, not in terms of like, uh, hey, th this is some featured homebrew. No, they're like, listen, do these are want. the official rules, but do whatever the fuck you want. It's about yeah. having fun. Yeah. Right? Yep. You don't like a rule that we have? That's fine. Just make up your own rule. Yeah. Like, we don't really care what you do. You're giving us money anyways because yeah. you're either on D&D Beyond or you bought some of the source material. Mm -hmm. The money is ours already. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, that, but well, I, I think not the only that place, that's their attitude, but they're like, you know, have fun with it. Yeah, the only place they're strict with it, or at least they were, they can't be right now because LGS is their close. But uh, when they did, uh, oh, if it, it was basically competitive D and D Adventures League. You'd show up, yeah, and Adventures like, League. I was gonna say, try yeah. and knock things out, and you had a specific list of things that you could and couldn't do, and then you gained points and. Instead of right. getting money to buy items or being given items, you would get treasure points. Right. I'm not a big fan personally, but that's, I think, for somebody who needs a more structured system and wants a set line of rules, I think it's smart to have that option available for those who want it. Right. Um, because it is, part, it is such a... Yeah. It's such a um, deep, like, vast system to get into even fifth edition from everything i know about fifth fifth edition there's some people that like there's a minority that cannot stand fifth edition because of how like friendly it's become and easy and yep. open and not as in-depth but then from somebody who's not touched D, D before fifth edition is still so vast and then like hearing about third edition for like everything before and how much more um 3.5 and pathfinder like, that were the Detailed. Like nuanced it could be and like super detailed and much much like it's like looking at the uh skill trees in um 
was it Path of Exile? Oh yeah. Oh um, my god. Yeah, like you open it up and it's kind of like, you know, it's it's quite literally This is not a sapling. A world... This is a 500-year-old <laughs> redwood, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, but I I dude, I fucking love D&D so much. <laughs> like hey, I love it. Well, here's the thing. What how old are you if you don't mind telling the audience, Nick? Um I am 25. See? You're only a quarter century old. I discovered D&D when I was 16 or 17 years old. I got a little head start, a little bit, but plenty of my friends played when they were nine or 10 years old. Right. So like I felt the same way you feel now when I was 16. So like the thing about it is, is that like it's the other day I was like, I don't, I haven't been a DM that long. And you were, you're like, you started DMing like you've been the consummate DM for your group for five years. And that's true. Right. And I was like, five years. Or I guess started D&D Next, started playtesting in 2014, which is when I really started DMing. But like five or six years have gone by and I was just like, I have been playing this game for a long time. You know, like... I mean, obviously also it's like, it's one of those things where you have fun, you don't really notice the time going. Right. And I only did get into D&D la last year. I discovered D&D when I was 24. I really do wish I discovered this much earlier, but it makes me excited because... Plenty of time um, still. There's... It's plenty of time, but also like there's so many new people getting into it. Um, you know, it's easier than ever to get into it. Right. But also, it, like, you could go out. Like, I'm I'm trying to figure out a phrase. Like, all infrastructure could be lost. We could lose the internet. We could lose power. We could lose electricity. As long as we have like something to track and record information and you have at least three people, you could sit in the fucking middle of a cabin with no electricity and still play D D. Yeah. As long as you right. have light. Somehow you so can, you can figure see out the, on the papers. Yeah. Long, <laughs> that's it. Like you can figure out dice, you can figure out everything else, throw some fucking stones. I don't know, see how many land in a circle. Yeah. Right. Like just look in the <laughs> like, pebble pile long enough till you find the different <laughs> sided ones. Yeah. Like you could probably figure something out for everything else, but as long as you have light and a way to track and record information and scores and things. Yeah. Like you could play D and D, and it's just purely the thing from like your imagination. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my friends actually started early and on enough that they not a lot. There was a few of them that started early on enough that they they didn't understand everything that they read in the books, so they just made it up as they went along. And I think that's the purest form of creativity is just being able to have a basis for something right and for them it was more of an idea because they didn't really get a lot of the very complicated concepts that went along with it because they they were in third or fourth grade and their parents weren't right. helping them right. with that yeah what's armor class uh so i have to hit this number and i don't hit you if i don't hit the number Let's just do something else. And then you do something that makes sense for the group and everybody agrees right, on it. Right. You know? And so I think that's that's where it beats Pathfinder and 3.5 for me because Pathfinder and 3.5, where they do have massive amounts of options. And literally, Nick, I think there is legitimately somewhere in the realm of five to seven hundred feats in Pathfinder. Okay. And that's cool. How are you supposed to choose? Right, exactly. How am I supposed to choose? Because honestly, it's just going to be like 5e in certain respects where some of those feats are worthless. They're pointless. No, but then if also you're a warlock without, you know, agonizing blast, what is your purpose? You know? <laughs> you right, know? I think that's But true. like, and in 5e, <laughs> though, you have the freedom and flex. They only give you, you know, 
you know, 50 or 60 feet, maybe 100 or whatever. But then the more supplements come out, the more they make it build your own. So like in Volo's Guide right. to Monsters, they gave you a guide to making monsters into playable races. Oh, you want to play a Minotaur race? Great. Here's how, would you, how you would do that. You right. know? And so like they're giving the tools. Not only are they encouraging creativity, but they're also giving you the tools to do those things balanced in the system. Which right. is another step entirely, rather than just being like, yeah, we like your creativity, do what you want. It's like, yeah, we like your creativity, do what you want. Here's the tools to be able to do that and not break the system. And that's right. <laughs> that's from the very beginning. It's like you talked about, like they just from the beginning, they were just like, yeah, rule zero. DM calls what goes at the table. You don't like a rule, don't follow it. Okay. Right. And also, like, I think there are two things to that is if you're the type of player that got into 5e and then it's kind of like, well, this is fun. I'm having fun, but it's a little too watered down. It's a little too simple. Fine. People are playing 3.5. Right. Like it's 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 not it's not redundant. It's not defunct. It's still out there. People are still playing. People are still playing Pathfinder. And there's um, endless combinations too. items, class, right. races, subclasses, sub races, feats. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is when you have something that's like five or seven hundred like kind of feats, as you uh, as you pointed out to me, that just screams like. It, it like just from the outset, because I don't know too much about three point five or Pathfinder, but that's like these games were built for like min maxing. Yeah. You, you know, they're built for optimization, like you want to build a character and you want to build it in a specific way so that you can do the best possible DPS like role play aside, like your character combat wise, we have so many options because you'll be able to build all these different specific builds. And if you're the type of player who has fun with that, then, you know, that's awesome. Like, and I think, I think 5e does that to some extent though. Mm -hmm. So I, I like bottom line, tabletops are fucking great. And I feel like I want to make it like a, a, um, a weekly thing, like, you know, in the future, uh, you know, once, you know, if I, if I ever have, um, when I have kids and they're old enough to understand, I'm like, all right, motherfucker, fucking video night. games. Here's Dungeons and Dragons. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of the guys that I follow on Twitter. He's a uh, he's a bit of an influencer in the D and D community, and he uh, he's got like a he's got three daughters, and they were like, all right, kids, we're gonna do something without screens. You you get to choose what it is, but we're gonna do something no electronics, just just us sitting together board games whatever you want but we can't be using our phones or the tv or any or the any game consoles or anything and they were like dungeons and dragons and he just like posted a gif of him or of a character like about ready to cry or like fanning themselves because he was <laughs> so happy that that was their preferred mode of creativity you know right. when you took the screens away you know because that's he was like i'm doing something right and i was like yeah you are man that's killer i think that's and the, then yeah. you see I read a story about a guy who's like in his late 20s and his parents never understood D&D uh, &D and then quarantine just started and he was stuck at home with his parents were like, all right, fuck it. We're going to do something. We're all bored. We're I'm going to make you play D&D. &D. And his mom was like, sure. Yeah, OK. You know, never understood it, but sure. His dad's like, no, that's fucking stupid. Fuck that. Three hours in and they can't stop playing. And I was like, all right, I'm about to end this one shot. They're like, no, I want to. Oh, but I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. Sorry. This was coming from his father. Yeah. I just looked up the number. In Pathfinder, there are, and this was a post from three years ago, there are over 4,000 feats. 
How do you even begin? I do, that's my thing too, because I actually played one game because even even with and even I, with five e it's kind of like I look I up feats five e and there's just so many I'm like where do I well, what do I want to like edition, right at the start I think there's still left less than a hundred in fifth edition like that but are it's still like overwhelming for ones. somebody like who's new new right, right? and yeah. so I'm like I don't know where to begin like is this gonna be like now I could tell you roughly if the kind of uh, character I'm gonna build if I would make a new character I could probably narrow it down to maybe like a handful of feats that would probably right. be good to pick up throughout the character's yeah. uh, lifetime are you a damage dealing spellcaster warcaster boom easy super useful do you like to do or no not warcaster sorry oh man warcaster one. is still good for somebody who's damage because you can keep but like up a paladin or something like a paladin would love yeah. warcaster or a but bard like, too like my bard loves warcaster oh yeah but like i'm a i'm a i'm a ranged rogue in a thing i'm running or playing in tonight and sharpshooter elven accuracy uh you know so like there's some feats that are definitely geared towards certain positions and you're right yeah. after even less than a year you have a good idea of is this going to be good Alert, always good. You know, lucky, always good. You know, so, but then there are some I, I that are even racially I, I, changed. Yeah. I avoid lucky because I, I'm just like, that just seems like it's busted. too easy at that point. Oh, it's super, yeah, like super it's busted. just uh, the game's too easy at that point. Let's just yeah. avoid lucky because that's just not fun anymore. <laughs> no, if this character that I'm playing tonight, I if I were to build them further and I got another because I don't need I rolled really well and uh. I don't need ability score increases. So the next feat I would get is lucky. And so if I was making a melee or if I was making a ranged attack with advantage, I would roll three dice instead of one. And then if I didn't like one of them, I could roll another dice adding lucky in. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, so I could give you myself. Me to not tell my players about lucky. Just triple advantage, you know. No, no big, big deal. deal. <laughs> Not a problem at all. But no, yeah. Um, what about you, Nick? What What have you been up to this week? Yeah, because I mean, I, I guess we're going to talk more about. Yeah, we're going to talk more about uh, tabletop RPGs. Don't you worry. Oh yeah. Um, me, I've been, um, and we're going to talk about more what I've been doing because I've been trying to figure out what to like how we're going to move on. But before uh, beyond that, I picked up a kind of internship recently, where. Um, I don't know if I actually told a lot of people. I've just been kind of nonchalant about this because I'm just waiting to see, like I'm playing it by ear and seeing where it goes. But I've joined uh, a team on a podcast called 100 Podcasts. Okay. Um, it started by a uh, duo, pair of entrepreneurs, each with their own startups uh, out here in Vancouver. And they needed somebody who was going to help them with uh, recording video and doing live production of their weekly episode so that they could put out clips of social media and so they could build out some sort of like following there. So today, this week, this past week was the first time we went. There was an opportunity that came up and it was earlier than expected and we were a little, uh, little ill-equipped and we still are to some extent, but we're going to try and make do with what we have and make sure it do with what works and figure out the bare minimum. Okay. Um, so basically it's the two of them, you know, so one camera and each of them is a close up, one camera for the wide shot. And if they have any other guests, like add in a third camera. Right. Right. That's that's what they want. But some problems tech wise, uh, nobody has a laptop that's strong enough to handle OBS recording all of that. OBS. You can run you can run base OBS, you know, on a MacBook from 2012. 
I mean, I can, but not enough to like record at 1080p, 30 FPS uh, from three different cameras. Why don't you run 720? 720. Or bring a bring a, bring a PC with, in. You have an extra PC. You said you did. 720 with 24 FPS uh, puts my CPU usage at about 80% on my old MacBook Pro. Just, you have an extra computer, Nick, don't you? Yeah, you want me to take it all the way downtown every week to a co-working space with no, the monitor and a keyboard just, and set it up? Bring it, bring, be like, hey, I've got the CPU. I'll bring it in. You can use it well, until you guys get something else, you know? I mean, uh, realistically, I, I did tell them that. I told them, like, because they're they're business guys, and mm-hmm. one of them uh, was a, uh, is to some extent, videographer, photographer, like in his free time on projects and things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they were really looking for somebody who had a little bit more technical knowledge. And, uh, you know, I'm a hobbyist streamer, um, you know, podcast, whatever. So I have some of that on my it's belt. Bill. Yeah. And and they're wonderful guys. Like, I, you know, because if they hear this, because they know that I do all of this, too. Like, I love you guys. Thank you very much for the opportunity. <laughs> but, like, I've told them, like, these are what our barriers are right now, tech-wise. Uh-huh. And so um, they're, they're aware of it. I know what it's going to take to, like, run. Um, and so it was just... Uh, we're just figuring it out because this is very early and they're trying this for the first time. So we're going to, it's one of those things as well. You don't want to spend thousands of dollars on the stream equipment and then you never hit that go live button, right? You want to see what you have, run with that first, hit that go live button, see whether you like it or not, whether it's for you and then start investing money into your own stream. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's kind of a similar situation there where I just want to see what best we can do right now with all the different little bits and pieces we have all over the place and see where we can move forward from that. Everything okay, Glenn? Yeah, I'm just trying to... It still says I'm streaming. My Discord is super wonky. Oh, it's, that's a... It okay. still says I'm sharing the screen, but I can't close it. Thanks, Discord. But that's really cool, though, man. That's really yeah, awesome. And glad you're getting an opportunity yeah. to, you know, do some things other than, you know, whatever. You know, because, like, doing your own personal projects can only fulfill so much of your creativity to an extent, I think, especially coming out of school where you worked with people, you need to work with people to kind of like exercise that creativity fully. So it's cool that you're getting to be able to do some of that stuff. Yeah, especially because it's also in relevant, you know, areas or whatever. And it's something to fill the time in. You're starting bars up again too soon, right? Yeah, we've uh, we took last week off and this week off. We're gonna go back to it next week uh, because of reasons like people not being around, and we want to make sure that the core cast is always around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of going along like that for now because life is crazy for a lot of people at this moment. Yeah. So, um, but when it does happen, it's a good time. Um, yeah, it's like especially with this, it's just like a you know once a week thing live in wherever we are, record video for them, and then um, you know put out the uh, audio for the podcast, send it over to them. Uh, they'll do the final tweaking, editing, and then they'll listen to it and be like, okay, we need this clip from this and this between these timestamps, so we can push that out to like YouTube or whatever. And so I'll just have to go like put to put that together from the different camera angles and whatever makes sense and then just uh send it out to them right yeah so and right now with what we're working it's a little bit more (laughs) yeah it's a little bit more um work than what was initially expected just purely because of the tech barrier but i think they also want to see they want to see proof of concept first, which makes sense because they both have their own startup. So money's probably, I'm assuming money might be like, you know, something they'd have to be conscious about more than right. anything else. 
So uh, they want to see, um, you know, what's holding us back, what's possible, see how it works initially, what the workflow is, and then invest money where needed because it's also a little complicated because recording uh, audio uh not too obs because my macbook cannot handle recording audio and video at the same time mm-hmm. so right now it's video on one end and then video on another end and audio on another end and so those three have to be merged together yeah you just give it a mark you'd be good to go yeah so it's it's not the it's not the um i'm not gonna say it's it's not the worst like it was we also weren't expecting to do it this early uh we i think it was planned for next week and so like this just caught us off guard and so like it was a good first test um so i'm i'm excited to see where i go with it they also take this first time um a few hours because if uh it was the actual recording itself was about 35 40 minutes um but it took about an hour hour and a half for us to get there and like figure out all the different equipment me actually test because i wanted to go over or like meet them before the actual day of recording Mm -hmm. uh so i could like test with my laptop and see if obs would actually run but um we didn't get that chance so it was a little bit more time than expected but it was like it was good like (laughs) uh i'm also applying for a job well, one of the universities, uh, there's a university here and one of their departments is trying to start up a podcast. We're like looking for people who can edit and like run. I'm like, hey, hi, I, like an actual paid position. And I'm like, I, I, I can show you all my I work. Has. Hi. <laughs> um, so I have you to do see that these as well. 15 podcasts I'm a part of and I edited, <laughs> did edit work on four of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, like it's, it's also a little crazy. Like I don't. I never expected to see myself in this position where I'm a, you know, like casual mask was started off for me as a hobby. Right. And then, and then now like I'm a podcaster, like I'm actual, like I'm an actual. Dude, I didn't even think about that when you were talking about, I was like, I could, I probably have the skills to do that for somebody. Like I could be an editor easily enough. It would just be a matter of like, that was the thing with, you know, casual quest masters is that, you know, I was only willing to put so much time into it because I had other responsibilities, you know? Uh, right. But like, if I was getting paid, heck yeah, let's add more sound effects. Let's do a more, uh, right. a more exciting intro. Let's do some, you know, quality of life things to give this more production value. But at the time it was just not feasible uh, since I wasn't right. getting paid for it. But if you're getting paid for something like that, that's actually really cool. That'd be really awesome. And I'm hopeful that you, uh, that, uh, that, that goes well for you. But if not, Still got a lot of awesome projects and a, a great amount of references and a, a body of work that is continuing to grow. So that's really awesome. Right. At least I can't say I haven't tried. Right. right. Which is the most and important this is just thing. Another, if, you're just, this is just another example of you taking on more work to get more experience so that you have more feelers out there. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm... And I just, just as more maybe general advice for those listening, I'm very much a strong proponent of... You know, you need to get paid for your work. But then right at the start, and it really like this is very situational, but exceptions must be made in some areas. Because if 
if there's an opportunity that presents itself and you're not necessarily going to get paid, but if there's enough evidence that will prove that is in support of that opportunity, giving you more connections and possibly getting you a step into like where you want to go, then initially for a certain amount of time, it is worth it. Absolutely. It is when there's no, you're seeing no returns and not getting those connections and you're doing more work and not getting compensated whatsoever. That's when it's time to scale that back. Right. But if initially for like, let's say six months, three months, six months, uh, you know, you have to do maybe four to five hours of work a week for this one opportunity, but you're also meeting people in the local industry and, uh, you know, uh, people uh, elsewhere and you're connecting with them and they're like, hey, and building you a body do of good work. work here. Yeah. And like adding more things. Um, then in that case, initially, it is absolutely well worth it. But then for artists who are experienced, who spend that time and that, you know, money bettering themselves, bettering their art, building up their portfolio, don't ever ask for a discount because you're not paying for the amount of time it's going to put to make your work happen, but it's the amount of time they spend learning to do your work. It just also, not just artists, but any kind of like professional, whatever. Well, especially There's a reason in the they creative charge that much. spaces. It's, yeah. Like, yes. I've had so many people... Even for like my miniature painting, you know, they'd be like, how much for this? And I'm like, uh, you know, and so what I would charge for a basic paint job on a miniature is 20 to 30 bucks, you know, and that's a little, you know, five millimeter base, you know, point, you know, five, six millimeter base. And they're only, right. you know, half an inch tall. I use, you know, freedom units and universal there. Hope you like Ooh. that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like 20, 30 bucks for a basic paint job. And they're like, are you kidding me? And I'm just like, yeah, that takes like four hours, three or four hours. So I'm making less than 10 bucks an hour to paint your mini. And it's, and it's not come just as simple good. of like, you're not, like I, you're not just I, painting it. Yeah. No, because it, these are also small, like to get the details right too. doing corneas on a miniature that is half an inch tall is pretty difficult. You know, like, but and if and the, at the top end, I'm doing it for 50, 60 bucks a piece. And the people that have done the top end miniature painting jobs love what they get and they keep coming back but then you have the people that are just like that's ridiculous that's insane how could you charge someone i'm like this is a skilled thing and yes. just like anything else that is art or creative people tend to people that are not in that realm or have not learned to appreciate that will tend to devalue you and it's important yes. to never you have to know your own value absolutely and then not back down from that. Like I'll give my friends personal discounts or if they give me one time, one of my buddies gave me a giant 40 K commission to do. It was like 60 model, like 60 little dudes and like five tanks and a couple walkers. Um, and I did it for him and he, I gave him a discount per model cause he gave me so many to do, but he ended right. up paying me over a thousand dollars for that commission. And then he took it to an official tournament and it got named one of the top 10 best painted armies in the tournament. And nice. so like, that's great. I got, I got paid. I made my friend happy. He went and did well. And my army got recognized for a good paint job. And so like those things will come back to, you know, if you know your value. And so I didn't mean to cut in there at all, but I just had no, no, experience. It, I've experienced entirely, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's entirely valid. Like I do, uh, you know, very simple graphics. Um, but you know, like I don't, there's I've only ever charged people for it once because 
part of it being I'm not really putting time into like getting good and doing like super like great things. And I'm also doing really simple stuff for my friends in like an hour, two hours. And, you know, this is just to help out my friends. So I don't really charge for that. But then for audio editing now, I'd probably start charging just I'd probably like I probably am not that I have a lot of experience with it, but eventually I'd be able to start charging. And if like this opportunity is going to get me paid experience and then it just goes to prove that I put more time and effort into and in learning how to do things. Eventually, I right. can just start making money as an editor on the side because like, look at what I can do. Look, look what I can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Entirely like understand uh, your worth and your work and don't devalue the amount of time you put into it mm-hmm. and charge people accordingly but also understand that at the start it's going to be some amount of give and take maybe you're not giving away you shouldn't look at it away as you working for free um and not that you should like it's just it's a very complicated of like you're working for exposure and you have to pick and choose what kind of exposure because yeah. there are people who are going to take advantage of that. Yeah. But there are also people who'd be able to put you in touch with the right people. And right. that's the worthwhile kind of exposure. What's the, the joke? Oh, right. My rent is 100 exposures a month. Thank you for paying <laughs> me an exposure. Yeah. So at some point yeah. or another, the exposure has to turn into money. Yeah, for sure. And, like, and it's also... My buddy, my uh, roommate like, is a prime example of that. He came out here with a few connections from people he knew in, in New right. York. And now he's like... He worked on like a bunch of really big stage plays. He was designing like stages for Coachella and like That's uh, crazy. fashion week and stuff. Like he it was he was doing so much stuff. And then it started working into being a producer and a writer. And he was starting to work into what he wanted to do, but he was doing base level production things that he knew he was good at to get in with people. You know, and start building a reputation for himself that would allow him to do the things that he wanted to do. And now he's now COVID put a huge hard stop on that for him. But like before I know before COVID hit, he had like a two month contract in Texas with one of the production companies he works with uh, at a big festival. And he was going to make like forty thousand dollars or something in two months. It was stupid. So he was killing it and he still will once covid ends because COVID, most productions like, yeah. have shut down here but like right yeah no it's uh, he's an example and a testament to the ideology that we're talking about knowing your worth and being willing yeah. to work for what you want even if you start at the bottom and work your way up yeah absolutely right yeah because you like you have to build some credibility like you like even if even if you especially with freelance and artists and like working the kind of space we are today um like let's say you're a graphic artist uh, like graphic designer and your rate is i don't know 30 bucks an hour mm-hmm. i'm sh- i'm sure it's very well va- uh, valid you have the work and the experience to back that up but do you have an online presence right right it's that like it like the, that's where credibility ties in and that's when you can start charging that much because then people know that you're putting out quality work so if from the beginning you've been putting out all those examples like this is the work that i did or this is a project that i did here's my work and like you've built up that portfolio and people mm-hmm. can clearly see that you have that knowledge then you can charge so yeah. like it's uh somebody said um as some advice a graphic designer actually he's like what i started doing was finding streamers who didn't maybe have like good uh like graphical assets and then i just do a design for them redesign and then i'd contact them hey like i did this for you uh would you be interested in using it you just have to like let people know that 
I did it if you like it. Oh my god, and he did that, would, that a few that times. Would be a dream for me if that happened while I was streaming. I'd be like, yes, please. I'll give you like <laughs> twenty bucks. You know, I'll give you something. You want to do? Right. Oh, I love this. Can we change this up? If we do some edits, I'll pay you. You know, like that's where I would be. You know, right. that's that's really like, really he smart. Did that, he did that a few times, and eventually he built up a following and he built up some sort of credibility and then he's like yeah all right uh, if you hit hit up my commissions this is how much i charge that's great right? and then it's just onwards now. and upwards from there <laughs> but that's cool we are a video game podcast a little bit <laughs> just a little bit it's gonna be the last time i get to say that yeah um before we talk about the big one because i think we need to leave that for the end glenn oh, what yeah. have you been playing uh, Animal Crossing. I have to bring this up immediately. Oh, yeah? And I took a photo of okay. it because I had a 657 bell turnip price. That is a that is a fat price. It is the highest price I have ever seen. And that includes social media. Like, I think when Elijah Wood went to that person's island, the bell price was like 620. It was like f- or was, was it 400 or something? Like, it was high. I feel like it was 400. It was. Yeah, it was because I think it was up there. Basically, what I found on the internet is that if it's above 500, it's crazy. If it's above 600, it's insane. The The likelihood that that is going to happen is off the charts. And I got a 657. Unfortunately, and I posted on Twitter about it when it happened, it, I, I noticed it at 1130 a.m. So the price okay, but, was going to change. Were you able minutes. to get all of your? Oh, yeah. I, okay, I, I spent about 200,000 bells on them and I made over 2 million bells. Nice. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's a 1.8 million bell profit. But that was awesome. I've been, I, it's the first time, that's the first time I've been able to sell my turnips because I've only bought them twice. The first time I waited too long and they went bad. This time I, that at least, happened. Yeah, at least you recovered some of those losses. Um, yeah. Like the last time, I think I had a 500 something price a few months ago and I uh, posted that all over the place because, you know, I just wanted to help my friends. And um, I had some friends come over and like sell and I made it very clear, like, I don't want anything. Yep. Don't need to like, I'll just leave my fucking switch open. You just come do your thing and leave. That's fine. And like maybe six or seven people responded. When I, when I checked back in, I'd made over 500, 5 million bells in tips because people were just like, what would have happened if I put that on the discord? If it happened in the early afternoon so that I had the whole day to just leave it open. It would have been crazy. I would have made so much money that I never would have needed money again. I think. Right. On top of selling my own bells, you know, like a two million bell profit, but like I put it on my Discord and four or five people responded, but they were all like, ah, but work, I can't get in. That's awesome. You know, unfortunate because the time frame was so little, you know, but that's that was the highlight of the week. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, also a little bit of Torchlight 2, not as much as before, because I don't know if you know much about it, but basically once you hit the end of the storyline, there's a guy called the map seller. And basically, you buy dungeon maps from him that have like, they'll have, they'll be more expensive based on the amount of positives or negatives about it. So it'd be like, enemies have a bonus to damage or enemies have a debuff or there's a higher chance to find good treasure. And you buy those and you just go to this thing and you go do the dungeons. So it's just kind of grinding and hoping you get good maps from the map seller. So I've been dialed back a little bit. Um, 
A little League of Legends, mostly ARAMs because everything else is tilting. Um, and then the big thing is in three days from this recording, uh, four days? Yeah, it's the 28th. Three days from this recording on Courage comes out. Nice. So it comes out, it comes out on Monday. Um, and on Tuesday. Courage, Tuesday? Is that Tuesday? Yes. Thank you. It's Tuesday. So the 28th yeah, Tuesday, of July. Yeah. Tuesday. For, for all your wow guys. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, one of the guys in our guild said he wants to do the Scarab Lord quest. And I don't know if I've talked about that too much, but there's a video about it where a guy goes through all of the quest steps needed. And parts of the quest require that you have basically two full raid groups to help you. Okay. Um, and he did it in just around 1,700 hours, I think it was. No, no, what was it? How long did it take him? It was a crap ton of hours. Uh, how long for Scarab Lord Quest line? Of course, I should Google search it right now. Uh, how long does it take to get Scarab Lord? The first Wow, somebody did it in 10 hours. But in order to do that, you have to time up some certain things very well. And I'm not sure exactly how they did that. They must have done it right. Basically, you have to do a raid twice. Um, okay. So they must have timed doing the raid with the reset. So they did the raid. They completed that quest line thing. They did other stuff. They came and then like the reset was within hours. And then they came back and did the raid again. But once again, that requires 40 people to be willing to do a raid with you twice in less than 10 hours. Um, right. And so it's what, yeah, one of the guys in our guild wants to, us to help him with it. And so I think we're going to, I'll help out, you know, it's fine. But Encourage is going to be really cool for the first time in a long time. Apparently, uh, there's going to be a decent amount of good loot for Fury Warriors, which is kind of rare. Sorry. Decent amount of good loot that is not contested by other classes. Because a lot of the warrior oh. class, the warrior tiered gear is not good for the tanks. And by not good, I mean it's just not worth breaking up the sets that they currently have. I think the legs and the chest are good, but like the greaves, the helm, the boots are not anything they'll want. And since it's warrior specific, it's going to Fury Warriors, which means I'll just be going against my fellow Fury Warriors, which is, I think there's six or seven of us in our run. So. So finally a decent chance for you to get some actual loot. I have gotten, you know, and I, I actually had a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to call it a falling out, but I got one of my friends from my original guild and wow, which is two, three guilds back now. Um, it, he, he's the class lead for the heels in our raid team. Uh, so he's an officer. He's also on the, the loot council. Um, and he was like, hey, man, because I streamed our raid the other day and I had five world buffs and I died after the second boss on trash and I got real sad and I'm very vocal and I was streaming and so the people that were officers in my guild that were watching my stream apparently it came off as very selfish and like focused um, and I got put on a list of players to watch for and they were disappointed at me and as you know if you've ever been a son or daughter, 
having someone be disappointed with you is way worse than them just being like, what the hell? And so he was like, just a heads up. You're on a bet. Y'all watch list for players that are bad and we need to look out for. And they're very disappointed in you. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Last week, I went from top melee DPS, third overall in DPS in the raid, killed it on trash and, you know, boss, boss mobs, bosses. And then this week, I had a bad week because I lost, I lost all my buffs. That's why buffs trump gear every time. And so like undergeared warriors that I have astronomically better gear than, but they didn't die. Uh, were able to keep their buffs and kick my butt in overall damage. And uh, so, yeah, I just complained a bit. But then I, I had some good conversations because I was like, uh, no, you guys may be passive aggressive, about, not, not, not passive aggressive. You guys may be passive about this or neutral. Um, but thanks to my friend, I know how you feel. So I'm going to reach out. So I reached out to my class lead. I talked to my buddy about it. Uh, I reached out to some of the other guys because our guild got absorbed by Spectra. So I reached out to some of their officers who are also officers in our raid because um, some of them are officers in our second raid team on their alternate counts when their mains are in the first raid team. So they raid a lot. But yeah, so we had some good conversations, frank conversations. I rewatched my stream uh, to look at the places where I die to figure out what I could do better. Um and got some hints, tips, tricks, talk to, you know, my warrior class leads to figure some stuff out um, and feel better about it. But never not drama in that game. <laughs> and a new a new dungeon with a bunch of fat loot is not going to change that. But yeah, good news. Though. Honestly, honestly, that's probably one of the biggest things that keeps me away from even trying to play that game. I'm yeah. not like it's just. So it, before you carry on that story, uh, some of my friends, I don't know if they listen, fuck it. Some of my friends are in a, lit a clan literally called Ego. The clan is literally called Ego. And I just, I, I don't understand it. Like, you it's know, like... It's it's a sense of entitlement based on the invested amount of time is what it boils down to. I play this game more. I deserve more than you do. You know, yeah. and it doesn't matter what you say. You're not going to, you know, tell me otherwise. It really so doesn't like, like it really doesn't seem like when I think of a guild in a game or a guild in any sort of fantasy setting. To mm -hmm. me, the first thing that I think of is friendship. Yeah. is comradeship mm -hmm. and any of the stories i've heard from any wow guild none of that's the basis for anything yeah well i will say i got some like i said my situation did have a happy ending because they were very understanding they told me exactly what they were feeling when i asked them about it they weren't they didn't hold back they apparently just they you know it was fresh it was the day before you know uh, that that had happened so they didn't want to be hasty or whatever but like I explained to them I was like this is what went into this it wasn't just dying because they were like they were frustrated by my attitude shift because there were several times where I just chose not to go in when the uh, melee were asked to go in because I was like no we always die there I'm not going in and dying again it just cost me more gold you know and that was me being a little 
like stringent. And then I did find out that one of those pulls, I died because another person messed up. They they pulled aggro in the wrong way, so I ended up taking damage where I shouldn't have. Also, I learned something about the way that they 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 deal with a certain mob. So I learned a lot. They learned a lot. They weren't mad. They were just confused because they had never seen me on stream before because I had chosen not to stream Spectre raids. But that's me every raid. I'm up and down. Right. I'm just like, bah, bah, you know, and like part of it, it's, it was like I had gotten one piece of gear in the last three and a half months, you know, and I'm not a, a loot goblin, but that's not a lot of loot at all. That's one. And so like my in my heart, I was like, I'm doing this so other people get gear. We're still getting Drake Fang talismans. We're still getting Rejuve gems means nothing to you but they're good items for other other people right now um you know one week we got a cruel sharuk and a Deathbringer for one of our fury warriors in one week and so like i was like we are getting geared that makes me happy and then the other side of that is i wasn't parsing so i wasn't doing good damage because my buffs were getting wiped early so i wasn't parsing i wasn't doing good damage i wasn't getting loot but the rest of the, the guild was getting gear. And I haven't missed a raid since the end of October when I started raiding. Every single week I've made it. And so, like, it's been over time I've seen myself get frustrated with the idea that I'm continuing to put time and effort and energy into something that really never pays me back dividends. And so that frustration came out on stream and they had no idea where that was coming from. They were just like, this guy's really selfish. I do not like his attitude. You know, and like even in the stream, I was like, I'm really trying to be positive. I'm really trying to be positive, you know, but that's the thing is like. I will say my the reason I stick to it is because of what you said, those guys are my friends. Now, I've had a harder time connecting with Spectra, uh, partially because I had, you know, stepped back a little bit when we made the merger. But like the guys that are my friends in from Need Not Greed, the old guild. I love those dudes most of them i've hung out with in person now at least the long age right. crew and so like for me it absolutely is about friendship it's about we have a thing called late night ubers with the boys and it's just we just everybody's on some sort of mind-altering thing whatever their choice is and then you whether it's alcohol or cannabis or whatever right. and they we go in and it's like 1 a.m and we run uh, upper black rock spire is what ubers is and we just go and do it. And it's just shenanigans. It's so fun. It's so goofy. Almost always never get anything good. Nothing drops that we want. And the one time or two times, three times, every time something does, we've got like a random with us because we needed to fill the party or something because it takes like 10 people. And we we're like, oh, we had eight or nine. So let's just pull this one person and his girlfriend in. And we all roll on this one thing that we're like, all right, one of the eight or nine of us wins this. We're going to split that gold. Because it was like a 2,000 gold thing. So we were each still going to make like two or 300 gold. And then that guy fucking won it. The one guy that wasn't a part of our guild. <laughs> so, you know, like it's... I will say that it, that's what's kept me around. Is what you say right. you think of when you think of a guild. Is that friendship and those bonds. Because they do mean a lot to me. Um, so. That's good. Like you've had those experiences too. It's just... I like from... Just from the outset, and this is purely a prejudgment, just the fact that there's a loot council, like mm -hmm. automatically personally just throws me off because I understand why it exists. 100%. Why, why do you think it exists? Um, at least to me, you've got 40 people going into raid. Um, and the people, as you were also talking about, like some people putting, putting aside seniority in terms of amount of time they've played, if you can get the people who already have more 
abyss and get them more geared up so you could start clearing things more and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, eventually things will start trickling down, but they just don't, especially in your case. Yeah. And that's, that's partially bad RNG on my part. You know, the two things I need just aren't dropping. They haven't dropped. But then they've dropped once or then, twice, you know, but they went to other people before. So. But then how do you keep morale up when they're because you're not probably the only person in your situation? I'm I, I, I'm I'm one of a few, if any. First right. off, the Spectra guys are mostly the Spectra guys that aren't need not greed that are on alts are on alts. They their their mains right. are geared as hell. So they really don't need or want loot if it can go to a a greedy as they call us because we're from the not greedy uh if they can go to a greedy then they want it to go to us so they're the opposite of loot goblins so they're just throwing gear at us you know like they're like no 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 you take that you take that you take that but the idea behind the loot council because we did dkp before basically what that means is for every boss you kill uh for the amount of time that you put in you get a certain amount of points and then you can bid those points against other people for gear when it pops up when you want it the only problem with that is that there's no real restrictions unless you set them up on what you can bid on. Because technically it's like, oh, a rejuve gem? Oh, I'm a warrior? That's useless for me? Who cares? I want it. And you could technically bid it and take it from all of your casters. You know? Right. Um, and so we had a lot of drama that came up because we didn't have basically what's known as a loot bio list. Because if you have DKP, you have to say, listen, this, these items are biddable but only initially by certain classes. So DFTs, that's going to tanks. Until all of our tanks have Dragfang Talisman, nobody else gets to bid on it. After that, it opens up to Fury Warriors and Rogues. And so you have a sort of thing, but we didn't have that. Right. We kept asking for it and they would never give it to us, you know. Um, and then the other option is just rolling, purely rolling. It's like, okay, this is an item for Fury Warriors, Rogues and Hunters. All Fury Warriors, Rogues and Hunters that want this roll. And you just roll one out of 100. And the problem with that is my RNG is trash. So I did just as many raids as this other warrior, Nono, that is in our group. And he's now like a top three to five percent parsing fury warrior in the world. Um, And he like he just always rolled better than me. And so we came out of the same amount of time raiding and he had significantly more gear than me. And so that's the downside of just rolling, too. And so the beauty of a loot council is that every it's all of the class leads are the loot council. And every person that is in that class gives a loot, their own personal loot prio list to their class lead. And then they look at it and go, okay, here's this item. Here's who needs it the most, because it's not about gearing up the people that are more geared. It's about gearing up the under geared people, because that will create a larger like Let's say I've got a really good two. I've got two good one handers and this other guy's stuck in blues. You know, I've got two epic, you know, things and he's got blues. It's going to be better. Even if it's a minor upgrade for me, it's a major upgrade for him or her. Let's give it to them because for the raid, that is going to be more net DPS. And so it allows for a wider perspective to be given as long as the loot council is done fairly. And so far, so good. I feel like they've done a really wonderful job of making sure gear goes to the right people the people who show up, the people that do the work and get their consumes and get all of their world buffs. Uh, Cause those people deserve it. You know, you're working, you're doing right. the work. And so they've done a good job recognizing consistency and hard work. And I think that's the value in that, but I understand yeah, your reservations. 
I've heard stories of loot councils where people, the people in those councils favor their friends more than actual. And, you know, like, why would I want to risk being in something like, like, right. That's, it's just, it's just more drama. uh, It's, it's just more drama needlessly for for a fucking like game where the things don't mean anything, you know, you know, like, and I'm not going to devalue the amount of time or the achievements or anything. Like I'm a gamer just as much as anybody else, but like you're putting so much value and emphasis and so much clout on these virtual pixels. Well, I, I will say there are certain things that are actually worth money. Like our former guild leader from need not greed, could sell his account because he has three raid geared level 60s and one of them has bindings which is a piece of what you need to get thunder fury blessed blade of the wind seeker what'd you say thunder fury blessed blade of the wind seeker yes so that item he's got half of that item so with that half of that item which is an unbelievably rare drop in molten core and three raid geared level 60s he could sell his email and his account for somewhere in the range of seven to ten thousand dollars so i mean there's some things that are actually worth money but like sure even if he sold it for seven to ten thousand dollars you know he put 60 days 70 80 90 days worth of work not just eight hour days that seems like diminishing returns honestly for that amount of money it's like a dollar and a half an hour even at that that's like (laughs) that's like backup like i really need 10 grand right now yeah my car just got totaled (laughs) i need i need a junker that i can drive around yeah yeah exactly but all that to say i feel i'm really comfortable and confident in my place with the guild because one of the one of uh my class leads is actually one of my favorite dudes his name is uh sword guy or winnie um yeah sword guy is awesome uh he was somebody that initially i did not like because he came into the guild uh, after his guild dissolved because he was friends with a bunch of guys in long beach and he paid someone to level up a warrior to 58 for him like in in game, like he spent gold from one of his other characters to give to this person to level up a character for him, uh, which isn't inherently wrong as long as you're not actually spending money. And then he ran lower bra- black rock, black lower black rock spire, or no black rock depths brd. And in brd, there is a very specific piece that all fury warriors need, but don't have to get because there are viable replacements later but it's called the Savage Gladiator Chain. And you may have heard my qualms with this, where I had to run this thing, and there's a thing called Hand of Justice. But basically, you can do Arena Anger Forge runs, where you just do part of the dungeon, and then leave, reset it, and then go back in. And his first run of BRD, he had never played this character more than several hours. At 58, he had just gotten it. The day he got it, he went into BRD, Hand of Justice first run. Second run, Savage Gladiator Chain. At the time, I was on run number 200 plus for trying to get Savage Gladiator Chain. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Fuck this dude. And, <laughs> and then, and then it, t- it ended up taking me about 350 runs to get it. But man, I literally jumped out of my chair and screamed running around the house and scared the shit out of my wife. It was glorious when I got that drop. But that guy, he even brought up, you know, when I messaged him about this whole situation, I was like, how are you feeling, man? He's like, man, I just miss hanging out with you in game. Like, the happy, positive raiseth that we know seems to have taken a backseat to this angsty, 
frustrated, like sometimes selfish guy that I don't even recognize sometimes. Um, and so he's like, I just miss that. And it seems like real world stuff is actually kind of like fit, like it's filtering into your wow experience for some reason. And I was like, I think it's filtering into all of my gaming experiences right now. But like, but I mean, it was, also it was humbling that, to hear like, that, that he just like missed hanging out with me, you know? For sure. Yeah. And, but also beyond that, like, you know, it's especially with the game, like, wow, not getting loot is also going to build up that frustration yeah. too. So it's not entirely just real world stuff. Like, you know, yeah. uh, maybe those the friends of your, maybe that friend of your who said that to you, they have been getting luckier with their loot than you have. Well, he's, he's the warrior class lead and he's on the loot council. So being a tank, he's always getting gear. So like always he he wouldn't understand what it's like. Yeah. And I even mean, if he was in that position before and not that he's like, like malicious yeah, or anything, no, but it's no. just like it's like right now, how much could he understand your frustration? Right. Which is fair. It is. it That is a fair point. But and he did. But like on his other character, on his main, he hasn't gotten gear in six months. He did point that out on his main warlock, who is a ninety ninth percentile parsing warlock he's in the top one percent of warlocks in the world he's had all the gear he's needed for pushing six months now so he did try to relate to me on that he was like listen i get not getting gear winnie lafical which is a clever way of saying winnie the pooh is uh it has not gotten gear and i was like man that sucks that's way longer than me <laughs> you know so it gave me a little perspective that there are people out there who are not getting gear you know, I may see all these people getting gear because we also brought right. in my buddy who kind of gave me the heads up about this. His younger brother, is, we just brought him on as a tank because uh, we needed more tanks. And part of being a tank and volunteering to be a tank in a raid group means that you get all the priority on gear. Right. All of it, because we have to gear you up. You have to gear your tanks first. And so he's getting like full sets like he's. I would argue that he's as well, if not better equipped than I am. And he's been raiding for less than a month. Right. Um, and But that's just the nature of the beast. If I had volunteered, yeah, I'll be a tank. They would put me in the same position, you know, but I don't want a tank. I don't like it I have to just stand there and protect their stance and taunt the shit out of things. Boring, you know, like <laughs> sure. I'd parse well, but like, I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not the game I enjoy. Anyway, I'm excited about Ankaraj. It's a very it's an Egyptian themed dungeon. So like a lot of the enemies are like Anubis style giants, you know, that are just nice. super scary and nice. stuff. There's and the Scarab Lord thing that I told you about is actually a title that can be earned and only one person per server can have it. So it's first come per first server, serve. First for, yeah, one per server per faction. So there's a there's an alliance and a horde Scarab Lord. Uh and you also get an exclusive mount as a result of it, which is an nice. actual like giant scarab beetle. Um, so it'd be cool to have that. And I, another bit of cool news our our raid group's first team uh, is third fastest clear on BWL on the server. So pretty cool. Nice. They did it in 27 minutes. <laughs> Just, but then again, we also this week, even with me losing my buffs and like dealing almost no damage, not not none, but just very little compared to normal. 
we finished ours in 48 minutes, which was a 15 minute decrease in time. So we finished Molten Core and BWL in about an hour and 50 minutes combined, which is just nice, super quick. But I'm done talking about WoW. I'm excited about Encourage. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's a 20 man dungeon. There's AQ40 and AQ20. So there's a little more flexibility, more content to kind of gobble up, which is going to be a lot of fun. Cool. I'm excited for you. Yeah. I, mean, I was just trying to write because I know Shadowlands is also coming out soon. So people are prepping for that. Some of my friends are playing retail now instead of classic because mm. uh, they're kind of done with classic. But anyways, uh, yeah. the big game that we both. So what about um, you, though? What games have you been playing personally that we have not just, shared playing? Just Valorant and Overwatch. And TFT. Really? And TFT. I did play a little bit of TFT this week. Yeah. I did a weird build yesterday, last night, actually, Glenn. It what was... Um, I had a Silver Graves. Okay. Um, a Gold uh, Zin Zhao. Okay. Um, Very strong. Rakan. I had... Uh, so Celestial Protector so far. Jace. Surely you had Blaster? Jace. Okay. Pirates? Jinx. Celestial Protector, Pirates, Blasters? Rebel? Uh, Ash and Jin. So you did Celestial Protector, Pirate, Blaster, Sniper? Yeah. Wow. It was weird. Um, That's and fun. I ended up top three. Nice. Yeah, like I... Uh, you probably had to it, go deeper it, into like Protector or something to get higher. Yeah, like it, I was, my comp was really struggling like uh, stage five, six onwards mm-hmm. um, because I feel like um, uh, some something changed recently. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know if there have been patch notes or if I'm just losing my mind, but um, I was going through the comp and I'm like, I wasn't, I jumped into a normal game. I wasn't really feeling like doing ranked. So I was just like, Graves. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of graves. Let's just pull graves in. And I just kept going with what I was seeing the most of. And I just ended up with that. And I think I want to maybe go back with experimenting with things like that. So Yeah. Oh, I think Sniper as a supplement, if you can throw a gin back there. Now Dark Star is not as viable because everything got nerfed, but like it's still. Oh, did they already strong. do the Dark Star nerf? I think so, yeah. I think they no, did. No, Jin is fucking crazy. I love Did you Jin. see the story stuff that they added for League, no. though? They uh they just started a new event called the Spring Blossom event, and I believe that ties in with spring in Japan currently. Right. Uh it's apparently I don't I think they're drawing from real life stuff, so I'm not sure, but it basically it's an event where the spe- the the line between the spirit world and the real world are thin basically kind right. of like halloween in the u.s uh all hallows eve uh and so basically you have like a set of narratives with all these characters that they've done new skins for spear blossom skins um and they introduced lilia and there's also another guy called the forgotten swordsman i forget what his name is though and you basically just have these little conversations and interactions and as you do, you can earn in-game skins and tokens for this event. Um, and you just have to come back every day and just kind of click through it, basically. There's no wrong way to nice. do it. So a lot of people just go in and just click, 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 click. All right, I'm done with that character. Click, 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 click. But then as you finish that conversation, then you have to, like, complete in-game things like 
if you want to talk to Ari again, you have to play against Ari and win or play as Ari and win a game, you know? Okay. So you have to complete in-game things to continue this narrative to earn more stuff. And so I think it's an interesting way to put an interest, a different sort of skin on an event to get incentivize, you know, interaction and trying new champions like that, you know? Because more often than not, it's like, hey, play as Riven. You get some coins. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Right. But yeah, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. And all the Spirit Blossom skins look dope. And Lilia is busted. So, yay. Well, so that's uh, TFT. Um, yeah. And League. Yeah. But what about our shared games? I think we got one at least. Can't believe that I've done this, Glenn. I can't believe I've dragged you in with me. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> can't believe I've done this. I can't believe I've taken you down with me. We're doomed for all eternity. I can't believe it. Um, Destiny two. Destiny, Destiny two. Expansion pass. I did it. Yeah. Season pass. Not expansion pass. Season pass. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. I bit the bullet. I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. It's cool. Great, so, anyways, <laughs> so no, we got so, my so light I'm level just, over a thousand in less than two weeks. That's good. Yeah, it's just uh, right now is a good time if you haven't played Destiny in a while to get back into it. So, very much for me and also Glenn. But um, there are definitely some fun things to do, things to earn, both in game and uh, things that, that will be gone to the soon. real world. Things that will be gone soon because they're vaulting a lot of the new content for when Beyond Light comes out, and that is November tenth. So mm. please do, I mean, you know, PVE at the very least is still excitable. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like it was originally going to be September, still. but then, you know, uh, Beyond Light got delayed. So everything else got delayed with that. But we're still Wonderful. getting, they're still putting out content as well. They're yeah. going to do the Halloween event. Um, dude, despite the, the fact that genius. the way they're releasing this content, you have the season pass, which is 10 bucks, and each week you get new story missions to reveal the story as you go. I think it's genius, because especially with Destiny, the problem was always, all right, the new expansion's out. I've had it for a day. I'm done with the new expansion, you know? Right. It and there was, really there was a problem before. Um, like, I still don't like that the seasonal activity takes the form of a public event, because... Okay. Um, when they did the seasonal activity first, when they first unveiled this model, is it was with Season of the Undying, and it was an activity that you'd load up and you'd go into, and it was a six-man activity. So okay. I feel like if they bought that back, because after that they moved it to a public event, something like that would have been ideal because it was a seasonal arena. Um, so that was one thing. Uh, it's still fine. Like the contact public, it's still pretty like quick as long as you have a yeah. bunch of people that know what they're doing. So on that end, it balances out. Um, Coming on Tuesdays, and then there were a bunch of other things that, <laughs> yeah, there were a few other things that were like that would instigate very strong like fear of missing out from other people, and so they've done their best to like mitigate some of that, um, and they've taken a lot of that advice uh, moving forward because one thing that people also don't understand is, um, especially right now, putting aside COVID, the fact that they don't have access full access to their systems and they're not on site yep. is. Uh, one thing that people should keep in mind before making any harsh judgment or criticisms of anything new, not of anything old, because old stuff has been allowed, old problems have been around for a while and they just haven't done anything. That's a whole entire story. But for anything new, they cannot immediately like 
target bugs as quick quick as they used they should right. be able to. But even if they have, have people access. in the office, they have less people. You know, like exactly, it's, it's a skeleton crew. Yes, and so that's one thing. Um, but like overall, PVE um, right now is fun. Um, mm-hmm. Like there are always going to be some long term like amount of time reward issues challenges whatever but right now i'm having a good time because there's a bunch of challenges that i have to catch up on a bunch of exotics that i have to catch up on and it's just been a while and then we're going to be doing a bunch of raids me and glenn here have been playing together and i've been trying to get like get him back up to speed so we can get ready for beyond light when that comes out and i'm yeah. gonna get him to do all the raids because i don't know if you've done any of the d2 raids i don't think so right no i think you've well, done like leviathan and maybe like one of the other early ones a few maybe. times maybe yeah but, but I, um, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't remember it. <laughs> I, I would still have to relearn some things. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, take Glenn here through the uh, raids. Uh, I've been getting him up to power and show him all the cool PVE stuff because the one thing, putting aside like the gameplay experience, the rewards, and like shit like cheaters and weapon balancing, as much as that makes up a core part of the gameplay, putting that aside, lore, music, art, um, They've they've always visuals, always knocked shit. it. They've always knocked it out of the park. Dude, there's 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 several times I was playing with you and I turned a corner and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's beautiful!" It's, or that's like haunting. Like it, it's the soundscapes created when yes. I go down into those lost sectors. Yes, I can hear ghosts kind of like around me in different spaces randomly every time I move through that same area. It's a different. Thing on the same theme like right. that's some seriously good game design yeah um, so from, from an experience point of view putting aside like the gameplay loop experience and the gameplay feedback experience like putting all of that aside everything else about destiny is what keeps me coming back like the music like i listen to music while studying L- like i love the music my favorite song is the last array from the first destiny game um and it is oh yeah when you go uh rescue rasputin's code or whatever yeah the first time on earth somewhere and then the satellite arrays open up that's in the e uh, that's in the edz yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh my fucking god and then the cabal shit is so great because it's like trumpets and like horns and it's like almost like shades of the empire (laughs) i yeah it's everything about the music the lore the story that they give us maybe not the way they deliver it to us is not ideal but like as a whole like looking at the story where it's going looking at the lore all the background information they give us and all these different characters like mm-hmm. it that's really what keeps me coming back that's where the only reason as frustrated as i am about all the other shit dope iron man picture i have behind me yes that style of art is something i'm actually now that i'm playing again more I'm going to look online to try and find some cool art. Just like simple kind of like retro looking Destiny stuff. Yeah, I think that would make some really good nerdy wall art that people be like, oh, that's sick. Oh, I hate Destiny, but that's awesome. You know, like I could still see someone that doesn't like Iron Man looking at my Iron Man photo and being like, wow, that's a cool That's a cool picture, you know? So, yeah, that's that's been me for destiny um yeah. i don't know if you have any other thoughts or you wanted to echo any of that but um, like i think we'd had fun when we played putting aside the pvp for you but you're just not a pvp or in general with 
shooter like shooters like this. I don't mind control at all. All the other ones can suck my butt. Level levels in in true PvP, I never think that level difference should be a factor. Oh well, Just here because it's not. You pl- it's- well, yeah, but if you go to Trials of Osiris or Gambit, it is, and that's dumb. That's super dumb to me. Put me on Agreed. an even playing field. Make this a skill <laughs> thing. You know, the the only reason that level I don't know why they activated light level um, in Trials but of then, Osiris. The only reason but I then can don't think track, of don't make me get things for the the triumph. Don't make me get a triumph in Trials of Osiris. I've not put 40,000 hours into this, like this guy who has a full set of the armor and literally never loses and self-reses. You know? Yeah, so I was going to say, the only reason like, I can think of why that they act, like added power levels is because you'd have to play a certain amount of time uh, before you can even touch Trials, and so that would deter people making free accounts because uh, I'm pretty sure Trials is now... Uh, it used to be uh, under the free-to-play thing, but now I think it's no longer. So yeah, I think that should be uh, like you the need paywall. to see it. It's behind the paywall and also behind a like minimum power level, just so to deter cheaters because cheaters are running rampant minimum. in desert. I don't mind a minimum power level, but I do not. I don't mind like it either. But then the, the, the but gap it's is still, still there. enabled. Yeah, like uh, like the power level difference will actually matter in how much damage you do. And that's um, dumb. I I agree. I uh, whole, I'm 100 percent there with you. But that's you know what the fuck are we supposed to do because. There's no PvP team that exists at Bungie's, apparently. So, like, this is a problem. They don't, don't have a team dedicated PvP, to PvP? <laughs> we don't know, Glenn. We don't know because they don't make any They've got the Crucible. Changes. They've got the Gambit. They've got Trials of Osiris. That's three different game types then, that are PvP. But that then the sandbox changes don't make sense. Mm. Like, none of the sandbox changes make and have made any sense for years. So mm. we don't know what they're doing when they say they're listening to us. You're clearly not fucking listening to us because nobody asked for a lot of these changes and the gameplay experience is so shit. And then also I will say the cheating is not more so the PVP team's responsibility. That's more of like a networking, right. uh, like game security side. And I don't know what the challenge is there. So, but then yeah, the I'm cheating a, has been around for a, a couple of months right now. <laughs> and I don't know what's happening there. Yeah. Either. You told me a story about a guy, you killed a guy, you thought he was a cheater. And then you were standing on his thing and he re he rezzed himself. Yep. Yep. It gave me flashbacks of D one of the warlock, uh, Sunsinger where they would self res except here. He was an actual cheater. Like he was hitting headshots that, Shouldn't have been possible and killing people around the corner. And like, all right, he's sus. Came down to 4-4. We were playing a trials match. Killed him. And I'm like, all right, cool. We got the cheater. And then he just rezzed. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's game. Can't beat that. It's just because it's just annoying. Like, what are we supposed to do? We're just trying. Like, so you need seven wins to go flawless in Trials of Osiris. Which Um, we can't get. We couldn't get past two wins because Mm -hmm. the amount of like uh super sweaty people but also the amount of cheaters like we've been running into like what are like maybe that's why the cheaters have become more prevalent because they're like i want that triumph but i'm never going to be able to complete that well so part of it is also um people are paying for either account recovs or carries and so people are charging for that and so like hey pay me 50 bucks and it's a guaranteed win because they're a fucking cheater <laughs> you know, people, some people are making money off this. Yeah. And, but then Bungie has started taking more like severe <laughs> like stances. So mm-hmm. if they find out somebody's a cheater, they're going to ban that person and also the people playing with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. People playing with them? What if they were unaware of that person being a cheater? Um, 
I feel like you would have to be a fucking idiot. Honestly, I'm sorry. But like, would I'm you not honestly this harsh. leave a game if you're you? Well, you're, so you're on a six game win streak, and you start that seventh game, and then I you would. realize this guy is cheating. And if I quit, I lose my streak, and I've never gotten this far before. Or I let this dude carry us. I would. I've re- I've left unreported games before with people on my team. Because Do you lose I'm your streak if that. you leave a game? Yes. In Trials of Osiris? Trials of loss. Oof. Yes. Okay. You're a man of principle. I appreciate that. Because, like, there's so much annoying bullshit in the game. Like, so much amount of cheese. Mountaintop is a thing. That rocket launcher you kept complaining about the other day, that's a grenade launcher. That's not a heavy weapon. That oh, goes withers, in your kinetic slot. Wither horde, Wither horde, but also mountaintop. Uh. Yeah. They're annoying. I they're have actually a ruining. But I won't use it. It's too. Busted. They're ruining the PvP experience, in yeah. my opinion. Like, yeah. it, but there's amount of cheese, right? And there's only so much you can do to blame the players because they're just using things in the game to try and win, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I get frustrated when against trials. We went up against a team that had three mountain tops. We lost that game. It's frustrating. I hate it. Of course, it, but it's just special. But they're not for, but, for a rocket but they're not launcher. cheating. No, they're not. You know, like I wouldn't want to be playing with a cheating and cheesing only has a one difference in letters if you spell one of the words wrong. And and it's also (laughs) like a completely drastic, like moral, like dilemma principle thing is like you're doing whatever you can to win in both cases. But in both cases, you're on like two different moral sides of a coin. Right. On one side, you're just using whatever's in the game and you're going to give yourself every advantage because it's stupid not to give yourself any kind of advantage in a competitive scene, especially yeah. if it's within the game. And on the right. other side, you're co- co- completely breaking down the the foundation of the rules within the system that makes it fair, quote unquote, fair. Yeah. And, and you're fairness, removing yeah. any kind of skill from whatever competitive platform you're in. Yep. And yep. I will also say it's not just Destiny that's running into like cheating in it like rampant scene cheating well, valorant destiny valorant apex overwatch warzone warzone specifically is getting hit really hard right I'm now sure as well. even fortnite too yeah well fortnite you just have to throw on a controller um that was a little aim assist joke because the aim assist is stupid in fortnite with the controller apparently it is the aim assist actually- is stupid in destiny as well destiny and also if in apex up, like somebody if i hooked up my uh my good old Switch controller, I'd, I think I'd win a few more games in PvP. I watched I watched a thing. So what happens with uh, controllers is that it what it does, it'll make your um, reticle sticky, right? So it'll just, so, it'll guide itself. Just a little enemies. bit, not like super strong or anything, but just enough where it's kind of like you can tell when somebody's on a controller. And I've seen things like this used to happen in D1 all the time. heads too, right? Yes. It's, yes. it's leaning in towards headshots. Okay. Because I've seen this happen in D1 where I'm aiming... You know, aiming down my scope with my sniper rifle, looking at somebody, I'm about to shoot, but then another enemy runs across my street, uh, screen, and so my reticle follows that person. And so, oh. like, my sh- but so, and like, right at the moment I shoot, not like mm-hmm. they cross my screen and it's like three seconds later I fire. Eh. No, yeah, um, it's like, and fire so, like, it just, they're coming it just yoinks it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, and then you miss. And then, like, PC on the other hand has bullet magnetism, so it's, it's, it's a watered down version of aim assist where the bullets kind of like, like as long as there's like a few it's pixels a, where your reticles on like closer to the head, kind of, it's, it's a James McAvoy thing where you're trying to bend your bullet. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, basically. And then I saw wanted. somebody put up a video. There it is. Wanted. That was a good movie. Somebody put up a video on apex where they, on, they were on PC. They plugged plugged in a controller. It was a streamer. They had their hands in the air. 
uh, they went into the training zone and their friend was it like when you go into the training zone, everybody's an enemy. You can like turn on friendly fire and you can fight against your friends. Controller, his reticle was on his friend. He put his hands in the air, on, like his camera, and his friend was moving around very slightly. His whole camera was tracking the person with a controller. It even moves the camera for you? It moved the camera for him. There's it feels a reason like they're I overcompensating think- for the PC benefit because... The, the trope was always, if there is consoles and PC playing together, the console players are going to get blown out of the water every time. So it feels like they're just overcompensating the opposite direction with this. Well, yeah, no, they're giving every advantage that they can to console, pl- like people playing with the controller. Huh. So but even if you're on PC playing with a controller, that happens. Yes, no, this was on a PC playing with the controller. Because the game I'm, code, I'm like, like, okay, controller. doing that. Well, I- a lot of Fortnite players have been switching to playing with the controller because <laughs> in Fortnite specifically, uh, there's something called uh, Bloom, which is also in Destiny, where when you fire, uh, for those also who don't know, when you fire a sh- uh, shot from your gun in a video game, uh, what should happen in my head always is the bullet goes where you aim, where your right. reticle is. Putting aside, like if you just fire one shot. What Bloom does is it turns that into a cone of possible areas that your bullet can go. Fortnite, except for the first shot, because they added that pretty early on, has that on all subsequent shots. Um, Valorant has that to some extent, and like there's spray patterns. Uh, Destiny also has that to some extent if you can't like control the recoil. And on PC, it was always such a challenge when I used to play Fortnite because I'd have to tap the trigger and like I'd have to aim. But then with the controller, Bloom is non-existent because the controller does all the aiming for you. Mm -hmm. I've seen people get lasered playing with the controller and like they're lasering people down from great distances, but then the same person of, you know, comparable skill can't do anything on a mouse and keyboard that they're doing because they don't have a controller plugged in. Mm. I will never be for controllers being accepted in a competitive scene or controllers and keyboards being accepted together. Right. Either everybody's playing with one or the other. Yeah. Because it has to be a level playing field. Like, right. then w- what are you doing otherwise? Like, you're entirely well, invalidating see, somebody's skill on a, on a keyboard or on a controller. But I think you could say the same thing about, you know, you could argue the same thing about any of these things that you are required to do in PvP and Destiny where you are getting an achievement. Because not only am I having to go against cheaters, I'm also going against people with controllers, you right. know, as a PC player. And so, like, there's all these things stacked against me. I'm never going to do this. Not because I'm not skilled enough, not because I won't put the effort in, but because of all the things stacked against me that you don't seem to hear us about is what what I'm getting is that they they say we're listening, but then they do. They're like, we're making changes. And then and and we're like, and you guys go, yay. Wait, we didn't ask for any of those changes. Why are. What about these things? And then they go, we fix things. <laughs> You're welcome. And then they I leave. mean, it's it's very much like the riot or the blizzard thing. They don't understand how to like balance things properly. It's either that they super buff something or like it's gone like into the fucking ground. Oh, like every new 6, champion 000. that has come out in the last year, two years has just come out and just wrecked fools. And they have to do massive buffs almost right, immediately. Right. Like Lilia. Holy shit. Lilia's a centaur, right? Yeah. Oh my God, she is the most busted champ I've ever seen. Not even kidding. 
Night Blue is a perennial jungler, and he ran her in the jungle where she's meant to be run. And he he said, this is the fastest camp clear I've seen on any champion ever. On top of the gank possibilities, she has the ability to put somebody asleep from across the map. She has a Zoe bubble that she can roll until it hits something. And if it doesn't, and if she, she has to use her ult to make you fall asleep, but it's a right. three second AOE sleep that's worldwide activatable. So even if she hits someone with something and then she has a quick recall, like she has a barren recall, she recalls, like she rolls it and recalls, and then some of her allies are near them, she could sleep them from the fountain. It's that's insane. Crazy. And then when she hits people with those abilities while they're slept, they take shit tons of extra damage. And it's a three second sleep. <laughs> anyway. Three seconds is a long time. Balance is hard. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, there's a, okay, I don't want to continue talking about Bungie. No, because, we don't have to. Uh, um, Destiny. Let's stop talking about Destiny so we can play Destiny. <laughs> yeah, Destiny otherwise is like, in general, parts of it are fun. Always going to be I some frustrations, it. but I love Bungie as a company. Maybe not the game so much. Bungie is a company, their philosophy, their energy, the art, the music. They've always done a fantastic job behind those. It's just the actual gameplay experience. I don't understand what's going on, but Bungie is not associated with Halo anymore. Are they? They sold the IP? No. Uh, yeah. So what happened, it was very similar between like Bungie Activision. So it was uh, Bungie had partnered with uh, Microsoft and um you know to make halo and it was very much a similar situation when they were finally able to break away from that partnership that people were like celebrating in the studio and that's what happened also with the activision news whenever they found out people all gathered around the main office and they were fucking partying and they were pumped and excited that they could finally get away and do what they wanted to do because i think microsoft was pushing them in directions that they didn't want to go into maybe but what happened was um when they finally split up a good chunk of the people who worked on halo left to form 343 and so there's there's a minority destiny. group uh currently still in bungie that did work on the original halo games um, okay but a majority of them either have moved on or did go on to form 343 which is a microsoft studio that is now making I, the rest of Halo. i saw the comparisons when it first came out i was like you know master chief and holograph lady you know guardian and ghost you know, you right. have this little helper that's kind of guiding you along the story. Don't get me wrong, an amazing plot device, but very obvious that you're pulling from the same sort of like. I mean, it makes pools. sense, especially because if if that's been your biggest game for so long and you're trying something new, you're gonna like at least fall back into some things that are familiar before right. branching out from them, right? Yeah, um, yeah because the fallen like immediately my first thing is they kind of look like elites. Mm -hmm. Like they kind mm -hmm. of very much look like elites. And then if we've yep. drifted so far from that, like, uh, start. So before we got into the top of the show, I, I, I do want to mention this. Have you, did you watch the Microsoft show? No, the San Diego um, Comic-Con thing that premiered a couple days ago. Uh, I don't know. Like they did their, uh, Microsoft, like basically their E3 their version. Show, yeah. Live. No, yeah. I didn't see it. Um, we got I to think see a bunch of things. I also think I saw an article about it. It was like Microsoft reignites a dead, pointless race or uh, uh, console war that they are losing. And I was like, "Wow, old." Actually, I, I I I don't think that happened. I don't like. I feel like so apart from Obviously, showing us some gameplay from Halo Infinite. But yeah, yeah apart from showing us a gameplay from halo infinite which i'm very excited about and people yeah are, some people are fucking pissed people are fucking like because 
This is obviously a pre-alpha in-game engine footage that they might have been ready months ago. And they're like, textures look like ass. Graphics look like ass. I hate everything about this. But then they're giving us something that's a little bit more open world, um, but still within the same old style of Halo. And I'm just excited because it seems like the story is finally moving. and We're getting some answers. And they're like, it doesn't look next gen enough. And I'm like, it's 60 FPS across all consoles. You're going to be able to play it on your PC. Uh, game's not even out. Why are you yeah. this mad? No, yeah, it's not even in beta. It's like you said, it's pre-fucking alpha. Like, give it a second. This is your first look. This is not the con. This is not the product they're releasing to you. This is just yeah, to like give a- you a little insight into what's going on, and I think that's totally fine. From what they showed us, it like yeah, textures don't look great. Like they don't look like they're deserving of what they're expecting us to expect from the Xbox One X or like Series I X just- or like from PC. But then it's. It's not the game's not even out yet. Why why are you complaining about textures so for a game that's spoiled. not finished? You love Halo 1. Halo 1 looks like ass compared to the new Halo games graphics-wise. Yeah. Like and when that came out, we were just like, "Oh my god, this is so amazing." You can only invent something I I think you so can only times, get yeah. something to look so good. It's like cars can only go so far. Yeah. That's why we haven't changed that much from the Model T yeah. until we moved into electric. But like, we have not changed them that much at all. Just slight improvements here and there, little quality of life things. And that's what they're yeah. doing with no. consoles now. It's little things. And we're so spoiled that if it doesn't look like what we see in real life, that's our, our standard for like what things should look like we end up getting angry and disappointed and be all sweaty tryhardy about right. it. And I'm like, if you think it should be done better, then please go get a degree in game design, learn how to code and do it yourself. Shut the fuck up. Stop, you know, 100%. like keyboard warrior, get out from behind your keyboard and do something. Don't tell me that, you know, you know, like, yeah, I mean, if you're tired of I, like, yeah, if you're tired of like people not changing or doing the way you like it, then do it the way you like it. Yeah. Show us. Do it. Yeah. Show me how this should be done. Like I, as much as I can be frustrated that in Mass Effect Andromeda, they hired somebody who had never worked on animated faces before to do the animated faces and they looked like ass. I'm not going to type that on the, you know, the Internet. I don't know how to do that. So I as much as I can say to my friends, yeah, that looks pretty bad. All you have to do is make the mouths move when the voice works come, you know, the voice. The voice actor says when the voice yeah, when the voice <laughs> works, the mouth moves, and it was like it was like a bad dub at times yeah. when the mouth was moving when there was no sound. I saw the, some of those videos. Yeah, yeah, it was so bad, or like just weird, like eyes with no eyelids and stuff. It was, it was weird. But like, I'm not gonna like openly criticize them for right. something that I can't do better. <laughs> so it just never makes sense to me. But I think you're right. We should get to the topic of the show. Yeah, so um, the topic of the show is we're probably also not going to take too much time here because mm. we... Um, Pretty simple. Yeah, we... I think we've made some decisions for the better. So the topic of the show is really just to be a little bit more transparent and open with you and what's happening with uh, Casual Master Quest. Um, and I'm going to start off a little bit here is when... Um, so... I mean, obviously, it's just me and Glenn here, but Tyler left for personal reasons. He's trying to take care of himself, and we're all in support of that. Yep. And when he did uh, step down, 
um, like mentally and emotionally, I was like, obviously sad, but then I also like for just a brief moment in time, just very briefly wanted to just like burn it all down. <laughs> but you know, having but I wouldn't some, let some you. Time to, <laughs> yeah, having had some time to think and then, you know, going back, me and Glenn have actually been spending uh, quite a bit of time over the last few weeks trying to figure this out because we've carved ourselves a quite a bit of space here on the internet. You know, even if it's just five or six of you or like a hundred people listening, like you still have people listening no matter what you do and people who care. And we have some people who care here. And so, uh, and they enjoy what we're doing and some of what we're doing, we enjoy or at least all of what we're doing, I'd like it. to think, yeah, like I think we enjoy what we're doing as well and other people are enjoying what we're doing and that's what really like is 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 keeping me going. It's mm-hmm. it's never been about the numbers for me yeah. um, because the moment, I, not that I would, but I don't want to even give myself that risk of like looking at numbers and then having that affect the way I say things, the way I do things and the, the kind of like person i present myself to be yeah like i don't want to you know um and obviously of course like with casual masquerade the whole thing is it all started out as a hobby 2018 in may and so i can't say that it didn't cross my mind of taking this like serious but then i was still in school at the time and it's only been recently that i graduated and so i have more free time to dedicate towards this so what we're doing now is we are turning casual master quest CMQ into the brand, into the face. Um, the Saturday show, what you're listening to that comes out every Monday, the weekly podcast is being canceled. Um, purely because, uh, well, for a few reasons, one of them being, we want to lean more into the tabletop stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where, because now right now like the actual management quote-unquote so to speak is me and glenn and right now what we're having the most fun with is D D. and not that this isn't fun not that we don't enjoy sitting here and talking you know about video games and a whole bunch of other things weekly um i'm now looking for work and what's you know i can take something that was a hobby and put more emphasis into it and turn into like a possible side business maybe. And so leaning into what's been getting as numbers makes more sense. And also Glenn, I think the part of your community that's come over and a lot of our like original community that existed before you joined us, I think they've also really jived well with the D and D stuff. And, and, and so that'll also add to your portfolio and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build yourself up as a content creator which is why we kind of like decided to end this uh, for yeah. the moment until it makes sense to bring it back. Yeah. And I think it, it's kind of in line with what we talked about before too, just knowing your worth and knowing how long you need to continue doing something before it's not worth doing or what's worth changing focus, you know? And so like, as much as, like you said, we love video games and that's, that, that was the basis of the start of this times change, you know, like more people are listening to the D and D stuff and we're having more fun with it. And you're getting busier and I'm getting ready to move and, you know, maybe my streaming will just blow up and then I'm just super busy with that. So having two shows, you know, especially when one has a lot more traction, makes a lot more sense to kind of put all of our focus, at least for now, onto that. And then, you know, whatever the future of the the network, the brand looks like, you know, Um, because we do have plans for what we want to do. 
And if you want to share a little more about that, because I'm just the D&D like guy that says, yeah, let's do this thing. You know, let's do these things. And we've been right kind of trying to get that going. But like the technical side of it and the future planning and that sort of thing is definitely something I'm just like a, a sounding board for <laughs> more than anything, because you are so much better at that than I am. So, right. Um, so the me and Tyler used to joke about how we're never going to let CMQ die. And in this case, despite the talk show ending, CMQ is still not dying because I'm going to, I want to do something that's going to play into my strengths of organizing and staying in touch with people and also like uplifting other people, um, no matter what shape or form that might be in. And so we're, I'm obviously taking some, when I bought this idea up to Glenn, uh, he was all over it, but obviously taking some inspiration from, um, you know, like, People like uh, Geek and Sundry and anybody else that's tried to do like some sort of hyper weekly hyper-RPG. So the idea with CMQ in the future for the long term is to set it up to be a, a system that is always kind of like seamlessly entertaining people. Um, and this is going to be a very long-term ambition. We're not sure what the timeframes are on on that. But basically, I want to be it's able to get to a point where <laughs> it's... yeah. A, Monday to Friday, even if it's for an hour or two hours, there's something going on for five days a week. I uh, want to be able to work with anybody who's ever like who wants to do something that's D&D related, gaming related, just really anything and provide a space or a platform yeah. for them to do that and help. I want to be able to help curate that content and manage and organize that because that's really also some things that I enjoy. So if anybody's listening, if you have any ideas, please uh, casualmasterquest at gmail.com. Um, or reach out to me on Twitter, but you know, you one of those people who can do pa nerdy pancake art. Let's see it. Yeah. Like I like seriously, <laughs> like any kind of idea, even if you want to do it for one hour a week, um, just you like high school musical themed meals. Wonderful. Let's stream it. <laughs> we'll stream it. Like you binging with Babish and you want to do like video game and like movie food related yeah. things. Fuck your own YouTube channel. You just switch over to Casual Great, Master Quest. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's something where you all want to pre-record things and just send it here so that it's another place that's blasting, you know, your content. That's the that's kind of yes. the idea, too, is that it doesn't even have to be live. It could just yes. be played, you know, just something where we can lift up people with the amount of influence that we have in the corner of the Internet that we, you know, we've kind of carved off so we can right. bring people up. And, you know, I think it's really as as ambitious as it is i think it it is noble of spirit so i think right. that's what i'm the biggest thing i like about it too is that like especially as a small content creator on twitch you know like having somebody come in and verify that what you're doing is worthy of viewing and is worthy of of uh, people's attention is really ratifying uh it really validates a lot of the things that you feel or doubt about yourself as a creator. Right. So I think if we can kind of do that for other people, because I've, I've only had that happen once in a year, almost a year and a half of streaming. And when it did recently, uh, it was, it was huge. And I mean, I mean, I partially have you to thank for that, you know, cause I don't think she would have heard about me if it were, if it weren't for you. So like it was huge. And that, that having that weight, of my own sort of ego be able to let go and go, listen, you are worthy. This is valuable. This is good. You know, just having somebody that had more influence and than me to say that, you know, 
we can do that for other people. Because I think that's, especially right now, where kindness and empathy are so important. Right. Especially when creators and artists are being like told to go to the back, effectively, of right. everybody. Because they're like, that's not necessary. We don't need you right now. Um, that's super important. Also, I've seen recently a lot of uh, partnerships being agreed to for people of color who have applied multiple times. So... But Black Lives Matter is is doing a, a job of making sure Protests that... Protests are still going on. It's by the media not showing it. They're still going on. Yep. I think we're 48 or 58 days strong. I can't remember the actual ridiculous. thing. It's but amazing. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, coming back to... Something. Positive um, changes. <laughs> 100%. Um, coming back to us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's never been... Like, it's never been about the money. Making money would be nice. But it's mm-hmm. never been about the money. It's like, it's always been about... Like I've, you know, I started streaming 2017 just like on and off because it seemed like fun and I had fun doing it. And now I'm a podcaster. Like that's how just how the, just how it ended up going because I have my all other solo show as well. And um, it's, you know, again, just want to give a place for people's voices to be heard and people to have fun and people to come out, come and hang out because that's what a lot of people use Twitch for as well. When shit gets too real out there. They, they come online, they're like, or I just want to like forget about that for a moment and then focus on this. But right now I will say also, it would be very selfish and, 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 um, uh, a, a poor, like a poorly responsible choice for us to not pay attention to what's happening in the world right now. Cause as draining as it might be, not that you shouldn't take a break, but as draining as it might be, these are important human rights issues, not political issues. Moving on. Um, yeah, so that's so part of part of what's happening is DD is going to come back. Um, we're not sure uh, when uh, it'll be soon. It'll be real soon. Uh, we'll get mm-hmm. you know pay attention to all the things. Um, it's we're going to be doing a name change purely because mm-hmm. we want to just name wise break out from under casual master quest. Uh, we're going to have one new player, and we haven't decided who yet. But we're going to get be getting on a new team member, possibly two, possibly two. Um try and fill the void of our one of our founders who yes for valid good reasons we wish him the best he's gone but yes. we still need to it's hard to play a game of D with two people you know i can do it and i've had valuable memorable sessions with two people but i could see but how this for is, an audience yeah, this to is listen a, to this isn't just it's a not a personal game. session yeah it's yeah. Uh, this is uh, content that we're putting out and stories yeah. that we're carrying forward like it there has to be more um right. and that being said uh for various reasons uh for those of you who've listened to episode 37 of casual quest masters which is i believe the one that's the cryotingency uh yeah. we are rolling back season two so we will be relaunching season two without the time skip. Um, so please do look forward to that. Um, my show, Cultural Lenses, is being brought under the CMQ network umbrella as we try to figure out how we're going to make establish our presence online. Um, and anything else important that I might have missed, Glenn, for people to look out for? Um... Well, there's a really cool new rogue subclass on Unearthed Arcana. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, like I, fuck, like I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of them, and like just as much as there are a lot of video game talk shows, but I'm sure it'd be fucking dope to do like a, like a monthly or like a bi-weekly, uh, D and D, just like, yeah. 
you know, talking about this shit and like looking yeah. at things specifically. Well, and they used to release Unearthed Arcana on a schedule. It was like the first Friday of every month, but then things went weird. So they had to delay the amount right. of time that was between them. And so I don't remember exactly what the schedule was, but like even something where it's like, all right, every time Unearthed Arc- Arcana comes out with something, we're going to put out our review of these new subclasses, feats, features, sub races, whatever they right. put out just to talk about this, you know, with people. But I also think, you know, you know, there's a lot of functionality to what we're trying to do, because like Geek and Sundry, you can bring on, you know, somebody like Will Wheaton who made their own game system and wants to run that game for the public which uh, he made a game called titan's grave and it was super awesome super fun to watch um but like people like that creators coming in creating their own content or playing content that already exists in their own way uh right somebody wants to run an avatar the last airbender game let's go let's broadcast the hell out of that because i love that stuff you know, um, actually, I think yesterday was the 13th or 14th anniversary of the actor who played Iroh. Oh, okay. He, of his passing. It right. was crazy, you know, or like, and it was crazy. There was actually a, a movie, a movie called Bulletproof Monk, I think. Is I remember that called. movie. He I was remember in that it. movie. Was he, he was the it? guy that ran the movie theater. He was the one that. Oh, yeah. If you listen to him talk like. It's so funny. Iroh has this. I only think of like that voice as Iroh's and then hearing it watching Bulletproof Monk Aku. again with Sean William Scott. He's just like, I'm just like. For me, it's Aku. That voice. Aku? Oh, yeah. from Samurai Jack. From Samurai yeah. Jack. Yeah. Because he yeah. was that voice for that as well. And so the guy who uh, did his voice in The Last Airbender, to re- like who replaced uh, Mako for yeah. Iroh, uh, also did Aku. And <sighs> um he did such a good job because yeah. they were also friends, I believe. I think that uh, I was watching some interview or Both something. Japanese guys yeah. or just no, like friends I, from the voice uh, industry. American guy, yeah, friends from yeah. the voice industry. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, he did a good job. Not um, didn't. It's like it's kind of like Nolan North taking over for Peter or uh, for Peter Dinklage, Nathan I think, Fillion you know? or Nathan Fillion. Yeah, like yeah, like because no I, you know, if I didn't know, then I would have had no idea. There's some things you could, there's some instances where I could tell because at that point I, because I love, I love, 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 love Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. Love Nathan Fillion. Uh, especially Castle is one of my favorite series of his. My buddy um, got to deliver groceries to his house and he played with his dog. Nice. Um, he worked for but, DoorDash or something. <laughs> but there are like some, some instances where you could tell it wasn't, uh, Nathan Fillion, but like otherwise Nolan North did a great job because he was going to die anyways. And so right. I guess they couldn't fi- fi- figure out that contract. So it was just not as much, not as many voice lines. But now every time I hear the original, one of the original Nathan Fillion voice lines, it just like tugs at my heartstrings just hey, a little Billy. bit. I love you, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. But, um, that is uh, the future for CMQ. Um, uh, Comments, the suggestions, sh- questions, you can email us. <laughs> yes, please, because we we also really wanted. Uh, this is as much about you as it is also about what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, like I said, we like we've noticed how much you guys really like the uh, casual quest masters, which is going to be called whatever it's going to be called soon enough. But we've noticed what how much you've really responded and agreed to it, and you really like the story and the characters, and that's so. Um. So revitalizing, honestly, because mm-hmm. 
I, you know, love D&D, just like Tyler brought up the idea originally, what if we did a casual Master Quest D&D thing? We're like, okay, cool, and then came on. And then it just turned into something real. And like the stories and everything that Glenn's presented to us and that we've brought to you through our characters has resonated with a lot of you. And I want to carry on that feeling and I want to keep making some of those stories because those stories are fucking great. And so to be able to bring on new people and continue those stories... Um, and putting our focus on that, I think is just going to get better because we're not going to be, not that we were doing a lot or getting stretched all over the place, but then now we have this one sole focus for now. Mm -hmm. So right well, now I our focus. Yes. Personally, like as a DM, my job is to facilitate. Like I do as little, and I, I'm very transparent about this with you guys that I, I make a machine and let you interact with it. And right. that's the world and the story and the characters that are going on. And then that machine may cease to function or make function better, or you might break the machine, or maybe you turn it into something else as you interact with it. So giving agency to you guys is what makes the story compelling. Right. I, it's 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 thrilling because I come into things not knowing what's going to happen. And I think that's kind of the philosophy we've taken into Casual Master Quest, where, you know, we are encouraging now, we're going to be the DMs of this, this network of nerds and just let you create. We are yes. creating as well, but we're going to give you agency that allows you to make things. And any good DM knows that the party always comes up with a better idea than you would have by yourself. Uh, so just be a part of that, you know? And so I, I like I like that we're moving this direction because it just, it feels like we're going to reach a lot more people on a personal level because we care and we want yeah. to lift them up, you know? And so I'm, I'm really excited about what what the future could bring, so... Excited to be along for the ride and that I get to be, uh, you know, get to be here for it. So, oh, yeah, it's going to be great. So, yeah, um, I think I think that's going to do it for us. Um, Love it. Keep an eye out for what we want to do. And if you have any ideas of being involved, you want to be involved, you want to try something. Really, we only have three basic prereqs or a few. Uh, obviously, depending on what we're trying to do, but stable Internet connection, good mic, good camera. Everything else we could probably figure out and work around. But Even if you've if you, never played the game, if you want to learn, great. We'll do a game full or, of Or if you're noobs, experienced you know? <laughs> and you've been trying to like find people to hang out with and you want to do a weekly thing and you don't mind that mm -hmm. it's recorded, uh, whether you want it, like you don't have to put it as a podcast. We want to put out CQM as a podcast, but if you want to just have it recorded as video and upload it to maybe YouTube or do reruns on the channel, we could do that as well. Easy. Yeah. So do it on whatever, your own time. Send us the VOD. Whatever you want, whatever way we can help uplift you, point direction to the shit that you're doing, because it's also important that, you know, we try to make sure that we're sending traffic back to the people who are involved with us, because, you know, they're also probably their own content creators. And so their things also need as much uh, emphasis and as much love and support. So we want to make sure we're spreading that around. We just want to be a hub for people to, like, kind of connect and then disperse to everywhere else. Um, so, Glenn, where could uh, where could people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at uh, Razeth, that's R-A-E-Z-E-T-H. And you can also find me um, at on Twitter at Glenn Houston. Glenn with two N's, Houston looks like Huston. What about you, Nick? Uh, can you can find, find me on uh, Twitch and Instagram at LR11. You can also find me on Twitter at LRD11th. All of those are spelled out. Um, coming back to CMQ now, CMQ, we're, we're going through, still going through a bit of a transitionary phase. And so our primary contact for, will always be our Twitter at CMQ network. 
Uh, you can also email us at casualmasquist at gmail.com. Um, for the foreseeable future, this show, uh, this talk show, Casual Mask Quest, is going to be available still online. You don't mm -hmm. have to worry about that. Uh, but Casual Quest Masters uh, is going to be moving to a different feed. So uh, we'll also keep you updated time, on that. probably, most likely. Also probably a different time. So follow our Twitter. Really, our mm -hmm. Twitter is where you'll get most of like our information and updates. Also on Discord, because I have been running those announcements lately. So if you go to our Twitter, there's a link that will take you to where we are on the internet. And it has an invitation to our Discord. So if you want to join us, interact with us, um, please do it through there, because we'll also update people there. Uh, we're scrapping a lot of things, Glenn. I've actually been doing this uh, like for the moment, at least. I've um, shut down the Instagram and the Facebook just so like we could I could streamline the focus into these specific areas and then come back to those in the future. But yeah, our mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, they're they're all gone. Um, YouTube is still up for the moment, but we have to figure out what we're doing for that. So we're in a big transitionary phase, folks. So yeah. everything is going to stay up for the moment. Our casual quest masters is moving, is going to move to uh, a different site with a different name uh, eventually, but it's all going to be under the same network. Twitter is going to be where you're going to find out more information about us, about my show, about casual quest masters and anything else we might do. And um, yeah, lastly, um, thank you. Two years, we celebrated our two yes. year anniversary recently, but thank you for everybody who's ever said or done anything or interacted with us. Cause um, you know, for anybody who's ever said that they enjoy what we're doing, that's, we're doing it for you. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's, that, that's really it. That's the only reason. Enough. If you don't like it, just leave. <laughs> just <laughs> Get kidding. the fuck out Stick of here. Stick around. Yeah. You'll like it eventually. Or just, or, or just tell us what's wrong so we can help you and tell you or that like you're fucking crazy. like a quick growing crazy. vine. We, we really grow on you. Yeah, we'll grow on you really quick. Um, Dad yeah, jokes. I'm... I'm <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh i mean that that's really all i can i can say more than anything else is just thank you for uh everything thank you for listening those of you who have and those of you who've stayed um yeah every uh, end is a, is a new beginning so onwards and upwards that's the only way we can go from here we're not going away we're just transforming astra we're finally Excelsior. We're finally like, I can throw in Latin to your glad. Fuck you. Um, it's state <laughs> motto from where I'm from. Sure it is. It is. Um, <laughs> there's, um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, we're finally emerging from our cocoon. That's what we're in our, like we're in our chrysalis. Uh, we're eventually going to emerge as a, I don't know what kind of butterfly or a moth, either or. Do you know what ad astra per means? Um, I don't know, but it's a destiny thing. I feel like through hardships to the stars. I was trying That's to be cool, inspiring, actually. right? Yeah, it's the state motto of really Kansas. Cool. That's really cool, actually. Um, but thank you very much for listening to the final episode of Casual Masquerade. This is episode one hundred and eight. Uh, we love you all. Um, thank you for all the so support much. throughout the years. Don't forget so much. Keep supporting us. I hope you would because our D&D is going to come back in full force, full swing. Streams are also going to return with the D&D. Um, and thank you once again. And don't forget to never stop the grind. We'll see you next time. Or on the internet or wherever. There's no next time for this, but next time for d and I'll miss you.